Hey everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, where life isn't always perfect, but God is doing important work. I'm Jen Jewell, and you're listening to episode number seven with my friend Tanner Cangelosi. You know, we all have messy tables in our lives. That's where we gather, that's where we feast, that's where we talk about the hard stuff and the good stuff. My goal is to use an ordinary space, like that of a messy table, to chat about real life, encourage each other along the way, and most importantly, point us all back to God. Well, my guest today, Tanner, had three kids back to back to back. Then she and her husband decided to go for a fourth, you know, to even things out. What they didn't know was that God had not one, not two, but three little surprises in store. In this episode, Tanner and I chat about the sometimes grueling, but always sacred work of motherhood. Without really meaning to, it ended up being the perfect conversation leading up to Mother's Day weekend. So happy Mother's Day to all the amazing mamas out there. Now, grab some coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Hey, Tanner. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. How are you? I'm I'm glad just to be having my kids all napping and being by myself Yay, <laughs> with nap you. Time. Yay, nap time. Yes. I know I have about an hour before I have to get Jack from school. And so this is like a miracle that we're making this happen. Yes. I'm Everyone's pumped. napping and the stars have aligned. The stars have <laughs> so aligned. We're here. So this is the first time that I'm actually recording an interview via Skype. And oh, so, I'm very, I'm very excited. I feel very technological. Being the privileged guinea pig. <laughs> well, I am privileged, definitely. I say the first time I actually made Derek practice with me a few nights ago. We went into separate <laughs> rooms, and he was probably halfway rolling his eyes. But it was, it actually was quite comical. <laughs> I wish you'd recorded that one. I'd listen to that. <laughs> it was all nonsense. So I don't know about that. Well, um, before we dive in too far, I just want you to give us a little glimpse of your life. Tell us about your, your family. Well, we live in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and we have, my husband's a pastor at New Life Church in Arkansas, and we have six children. And when we first moved to Hot Springs, um, we moved here four years ago and we had a four, two, and a one-year-old, and we looked at each other, and we had no friends here. We were a new church, new everything, and, and we looked at each other. We said, let's have one more baby and have them all real close together and be done. Four is a good number. Um, but then we went to the doctor, and lo and behold, there were three babies. When I found out I was having triplets, I had a four, two, and a one-year-old, and then the triplets. So I was very overwhelmed. I just live in a state of being overwhelmed. So. <laughs> That's the constant for you. That's normal. Yes. Yes. So it's so fun that your husband is a campus pastor. You guys are also at a multi-site church, just as we are. Yes, yes. And it's a, the feel is very similar as Life Church. Um, we love it. We love our lead pastor. We've been there Corey has been there since the beginning, and then I came along, and now he's been on staff for about over 10 years. So It's so fun, though, because we're all on the same team, and um, yes. that's one thing I love about the global church, or we call it the Capital C Church, is that yes. you know, we all have the same calling and mission, and so we can kind of just get over the fluff and yes. get right to it, exactly. you know? I just, exactly. I don't know, I love that. Um, so Tanner and I actually... Um, we met at Canna Cook 
Whoop, whoop. I love candy cake. I love candy cake. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of candy cake. So, so. We, were ca- we were counselors in college. Now, did you go yes. as a camper as well? Oh, yes. I was. My husband says that I am like in the cult, the candy cult, because I will bust into the the cheers and the skits and reenact. Yes. I love to sing all of it, um, but I love the skits and the relationships. I loved, honestly, as a camper, I feel like it set me up for success with impurity and just making wise choices. I had so many great role models there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I love that place. I was never a camper, but I wish that I would have been. <laughs> it was You would have been a great camper, but you were the most amazing counselor. So everybody wanted to have you as a counselor. No. This cute, spunky little OSU cheerleader. Whatever. No. So I felt like I knew somebody kind of famous since you were, you know, an OSU cheerleader. So you you played <laughs> golf in college, which I feel like is so cool because I'm Well, not... it's not as cool as being a cheerleader. No, it is. <laughs> it's it's way better because you, you can still go golfing now. Like I'm that not, is true. If I try yeah. to go out in my backyard and do some flips, I break my back. And so, <laughs> yes, I do. Every now and then I will sneak out and get to play and it's really fun. So, and it, I, I just, I was telling my husband, I was like, it's so funny. Cause in college I was kind of middle of the road golfer. But um, when I go play with the ladies at the country club, they're like, you're amazing. It's like a big ego boost. So I'm like, yes, this is amazing. I'm out of the house doing something unrelated to children. I love it. So no, I'm not, I'm not like what I used to be. (laughs) So I think I, I, some of the most amazing women though, that I have ever had the privilege to know have come out of those summers and, and meeting some women. It's actually fun. But I have like this very um, specific mental picture of us waking up early and going on a run, like before our campers were up, our co-counselors, I guess, were back in the cabin with them. And I think whenever I think of you, ever since then, you just, Mm -hmm. sometimes you can be like wild and crazy. And I love that about you. (laughs) But you also have always had just such a joy and depth about you and I think the word that just comes to mind is refreshing. There's that verse in maybe Psalms, Proverbs, that says those who refresh others um, will themselves be refreshed. And that's what I think about when I think of you. Well, thank you. That's so sweet. I do. No, I mean it. So tell us a little bit more about your whole family planning strategy and you and Corey and just how your life kind of, like you said, you were expecting to have triplets, correct? Yeah, we weren't expecting. We had, um, so, well, we met at UCA, um, in Conway and, um, he played football and I played golf. So we met through athletics and I, I did, I kind of, I don't know if I liked him right away. I kind of thought he was a rebel. He had long hair and a motorcycle and he, um, anyway, but he was from South Louisiana, and everyone in South Louisiana had large families, pretty much. Most people have large families. And um, so when we first started, well, dating, he would tell me about all these large families that he loved so much. And then when we got married, I was just so starry-eyed and Twitter-pated that like, he was like, I think I want six or seven kids. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And then after we had two... Like, really, I feel like going from, for me, going from zero to one is hard. 
And then for me, going from one to two was my hardest transition, just learning how to juggle, learning how to balance. I mean, even including the triplets, I think that just threw me for a loop. And um, even within our marriage, I feel like we had to like work on things in our marriage. We would argue about like, you know, what kind of ketchup to buy in that time. Cause we were just both, I would be like, you know, don't you hear that baby crying? And, and I, I would want his help. So once we figured out at two, once we had two kids, we figured out how much it entails to have, you know, to even to have three or four kids, we were like a little bit like putting the brakes on and saying, okay, no, we're going to do three, maybe four kids. Cause you know, to us, I mean, four is still a big family. And so, um, so we had our third little boy and all the, the first three are all 18 months apart each. And then, um, and then we, when we moved here again, I said, we, we thought we'd have one more baby and, uh, that baby was three babies. Let's so, go. so you went for a fourth and you got yes, six. I got, yeah, I got six. So I just remember, um, we were, I was in the ultrasound room. Well, at first I just went in for my first appointment and I had gone since we had moved to a new town. I had a new doctor and I, I went in kind of guns a blazing. And I told her, I was like, listen, lady, I've had three babies. I don't have the drugs. You just watch me. You're going to be amazed. I'm going to push this baby out. I was so prideful. I was so prideful. And so God <laughs> said, I'm going to bring humility upon you. So, so what was that, that like when you found out? Yeah, at the appointment. Yeah, that, at that appointment, I went in, and she was just going to listen with the Doppler, and she did. And she looked at me, and after I'd given her my little birth plan and my spiel about how I know everything about birthing babies, she listened, and she thought, she said, I think I hear two heartbeats. And I was like, well, no, you know, we weren't on fertility. It's not my plan, and, you know, <laughs> they're not in our family, so that's not possible. And so she goes, okay, well, why don't we just go down to the ultrasound room and let's just, let's just take a peek just in case. And so what I didn't know, she wrote twins in my folder at that moment, but she was just being very gracious. And so I go down to ultrasound and the lady looked at me and says, oh, I see you're having twins. And I was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) And, um, but then she, um, she put the little Doppler on my, or the little thing on my belly and and I, three little circles popped up and I said, well, that looks like three, but I can never read these things properly. And she goes, it is three. I need to go get the doctor. And I was, so I was sitting there alone and tear, I wasn't crying, but tears just started streaming down my face. It was, I just felt like this is not real. This is not real. And then I just start, I laughed. I was laughing like a crazy lady, like <laughs> where the doctor came in and she was like, I can see you're a little overwhelmed. <laughs> and like, they, even one of the nurses was like, do you think we need to like drive you home? <laughs> and, um, because I was laughing that uncontrollably, oh, kind of like, goodness. I guess like Sarah in the Bible. Like kind of hysterical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was hysterical. So I called my husband, my husband wasn't with me cause we thought we knew what we're doing. And I just sent him on to work. You've been to all these appointments, you know. Yes, I knew what this was going to entail. So um, what we did was um, I called him from the ultrasound room because I knew once I got in the car, I would just start weeping. (laughs) And um, so I called him and I asked him, I said, hey, are you are you sitting down? 
And he was like, he was like, yes, I'm driving. And I said, I need you to pull over. Oh, good call. Because <laughs> like my first thought is like, you could not leave me here on this earth with six kids that are five and under by myself. You can never drive and, again. <laughs> yes, you just stay in like plastic wrap and a bubble in my house. But um, anyway, so he he said okay, you know. So he he thought something was wrong. Um, obviously, I guess anyone who gets a call like that, because he knew I was at the doctor. And I said, there's three babies. And he was like, no, you are lying. And and he was like, haha, that's so funny. I was like, I promise you there's three babies. And at that point, like, I just still was laughing so hard that I handed the phone to the ultrasound tech and she was like, congratulations, dad, you have three healthy triplets. And, um, and he, he said that like, he got back on the phone and honestly, I feel like he had the best, um, I don't just words to say to me because I think a lot of people would have been like, what are we going to do? Like, this is like, you know, just right. flip out and, uh, <laughs> which he would have been very entitled to do. But he goes, he was like, tan, he goes, I am so excited. He was like, I'm just speechless. And so then he hung up and he, I don't like, we both were just in this tunnel vision. He went on to work. I don't know why I didn't tell him to come on home, but like he went on to work, he had a meeting and, uh, and I went and sat in the backyard and watched our little toddlers play and, uh, and just sat there and kind of cried. And uh, I, I called, you know, my mom and, um, what did she say? I, well, I called my mom. She, she didn't answer, called my dad and my dad, I was weeping at that point. I got in the car and he, he goes, whatever it is, I'm going to come help you. And so he, he, they live in Fayetteville is where I was born and raised. Okay. And, um, so he, he literally got on the highway as he was talking to me to come to hot springs. Oh man. I know I'll probably start crying to see that he's so what a, what like a sweet dad. Yeah. And so he, he was like, it's going to be okay. And, and he said, what's the problem? And I said, there's no problem. I was like, but I'm having triplets and my grandmother his mother had five boys in five years and so um so he like and he's very competitive he played basketball at Arkansas big into sports and so he immediately goes Tan this is great you beat grandma <laughs> and I was like oh, I wasn't wanting to beat grandma but I did but and I did. um and so then so he was he was so encouraging. And then, so he got a hold of my mom and she called me. And when I told her, she, I forget, she was at Bible study and she started like quoting scripture. She was like, blessed are you woman, you know? Oh my goodness. (laughs) And, um, anyway, she was just, she was overwhelmed as, as was I, but she, they were both so supportive. And, um, I mean, as our whole family has been supportive and so, yeah. And friends just, Everyone has upheld us. <laughs> and then I don't remember how far along you made it, but you, you carried them to what, like 30, what, how many weeks? 36 weeks. Yeah. That's and, impressive. Um, That's really yeah. impressive. Were you well, on be- don't, don't be impressed. That's the Lord. Were you on I, bed rest for I was, um, for since 20 weeks I went on bed rest oh, and, wow. um, and that was really hard cause I had three toddlers mm-hmm. and, uh, my parents helped a lot. Corey had to work and be mom at the same time. So, um, I do remember a day where, uh, Zuzu goes, mom, do we have to watch more TV? <laughs> and I was like, yes, you do. Cause you do. I, have, I just have to lay here and I can't rescue you. If you're Especially climbing in cold weather in the winter. That would yes. be so hard. You can't just send them out yeah. in the backyard to play. Yeah. And, oh, uh, 
So, I, but the last month that I was pregnant, I was in the hospital. So, okay. uh, but I was still pregnant. So that was great. Did you read and, a lot uh, during that time? What'd you do? Oh, a little bit I, of everything. I read a little bit of everything. I read, I painted, I watched a lot of Netflix. Um, I made a lot of friends at the hospital. I would like go visit other of patients course and, of course and did. talk to the nurses. And, um, there, they said at that point I was pretty miserable, and um, I couldn't really stand up without, like, seeing stars. And it was just a, you know, there was three babies. And um, <laughs> so I, uh, and and when they were born, they were, one was five pounds and then two were six pounds. So, like, I had a lot of baby in there. Wow. And so, um, anyway, but so they, my doctor said, he said, you know, when your water breaks, that's when um, you get to, we'll deliver the babies. And so I, I would go, I would just walk one loop around the, the ward. I don't know what you call it, but the, where they have all the, the pre, all the high risk pregnancies where mm-hmm. they keep all those, all, all of us. <laughs> and so I'd walk around there and I would just talk to the nurses and try to, you know, shoot the breeze, see what's going on in their lives. And, and so I would, I would do that. And this one day I went and I, all of a sudden this puddle formed under me and I was like, y'all, my water's breaking. And I was so excited because I was thinking this is it. Yeah. And, um, and so the late, they get the wheelchair and the nurses were like, we're going to have some babies tonight. And, uh, and I was just so excited. And then this lady, one of the nurses came by and she like, she tested, I guess the fluid or something on the floor. And she goes, Oh sweetie, you just peed. <laughs> I like told everybody that my water broke and I just peed in front of everyone peed and myself. so I just wa- yeah, I waddled back to my room and and cried because <laughs> I was ready to, to have those babies. So but oh. I'm very thankful that God did not let me have those babies too early. So So did you deliver naturally or, or vaginally or oh, did girl, you no. have a C section? No. Okay. C section. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I figured, but you know, you were saying that you no. delivered your other ones I, without drugs, so I yeah. can't relate to that. I don't know what you're saying. Well, I'm just a little insane and very afraid of needles, but whenever she told me there were triplets, she goes, she was, you have to have a C-section with triplets, but okay. she was trying to, like, soften the blow, and she goes, you might have to have a C-section, and I was like, I don't care. I was like, at this point, you just, if you tell me to stand on my head, I'll do it. <laughs> anyway, so God brought me very humbled. So then <laughs> Very low. when they were babies, um, I don't really know how to say this other than just to put it bluntly, like how did you survive? <laughs> did you have a lot of help? How yes. did you, I mean, practically, I'm trying to think yes. like nursing <clears throat> or feeding, form, whatever you did, um, yeah. or changing diapers, doing baths. Yes, was someone always crying? <laughs> yes. Yes. Someone was always crying. Maybe two someones or three, but, um, that first year, it was definitely, um, I don't remember most of that first year, which is sad, but, um, I just didn't sleep. And, um, so Corey was amazing. Corey was very helpful. We have a lot of funny in the middle of the night stories where, you know, we had multiple babies and (laughs) nobody was sleeping. So everything was funny. We made up names for like burping techniques, like how to burp the babies. Like we would just, we would just laugh at everything because everything's funny at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And um, That's good because so, for some people, everything's yeah. miserable at 3 a.m. So good for well, you. Well, there were definitely nights where I'd be like, you need to wake up, you know, and 
I'm sure he thought he'd need to pray over me, but, um, <laughs> but anyway, for the most part, we were laughing more than we were crying, but we had, we did have help. We had a, a sort of live in nanny for a while who just helped us keep everything afloat, keep everybody fed and diapered. Um, at the time, my, the youngest of the three bigs was two. He had just turned two. So he was in diapers. So at that year I did the math and we did, we went through 13,000 diapers that first year. Tanner, I can't even, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know what to cra- do with that. The amazing thing is, is our church did a diaper drive. We did not buy a diaper. Oh, like wow. they, That's we great. did not buy a diaper. And so, um, the hardest part was probably making sure the three bigs were safe while I had to, you know, <laughs> while I just didn't nurse. I nursed for six months and then my little tatas were worn out. They, were, they said we're done. But um, I, well, I, so I would nurse two at one time and then I'd give one a bottle of formula. I did not pump at all because it was just, that was too much time. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I would just rotate who got the bottle. And so I remember one of the first times um, that Corey left, like where it was just me and the six kids and I had to nurse, I had to feed the babies. Um, I like put a show on for the big kids and tried to like come in my room to sort of be modest because when you nurse two at once, you just can't be modest. So mm-hmm. I was just sitting there topless and I have small tatas anyway. So I had to like bend over <laughs> to like hold their little heads and make sure they were eating. And then with the other baby, I put them in their car seat and I would prop a bottle up and hold it with my foot to see if oh, they would word. eat this bottle and um and then so at that point I mean I'm like in the oh just in all my glory my my uh, five-year-old daughter walks in she had just turned five and she was the oldest and she goes let the royal feast begin <laughs> <laughs> so I told Corey I was like she's probably gonna have to go to counseling later for you know my mom was always topless just feeding the babies <laughs> So thankfully. Well, at least you're topless feeding babies and not just topless doing <laughs> yes. something else. That's well, good. <laughs> probably good. Probably good. So yeah, that was, that was pretty much, we did, um, I went to the gym a lot my first year, like the first year we had the babies because they have childcare. And, um, and so I would, I would go and I would not work out at all. I would go and I would drop the babies off and I would go sleep in the back of the yoga room or I would go yes, sleep by the would. pool because oh I wasn't goodness. sleeping at night. So I would get go out there and I'd set my alarm because you had two hours of childcare and I would set Look my alarm you, and think so I've got creative. two hours. You're strategizing. <laughs> yeah. So there we were with six kids and our gym deserves an award for not booting us out. <laughs> that is great. Oh, my word. So. It was, it was crazy, but I'm just thankful that we're all still alive. And the triplets are now three, so, so you said, it is getting a little easier. So you, I bet you have a lot of stories about them being um, a little rambunctious. So my daughter, Hallie, she was definitely more strong-willed um, mm-hmm. in feistiness and attitude. And yeah. She wanted things to be a certain way, but she has more kind of, of that type A personality where, you know, she likes things clean and organized and all the ducks <laughs> in a row. And if her, yes. you know, if the socks aren't, aren't on right, then we might have a complete a meltdown. meltdown. But, yeah. <laughs> but Jack, he was more kind of my happy giant that was like a, just a big bull in the china cabinet. Like he just would <laughs> destroy everything all the time. Oh At one point. Not too long ago, maybe maybe six months ago, 
one of the triplets um, decided that she wasn't going to wait for me to change her own diaper. So she changed it. Like she tried to change her own diaper and it just got messed everywhere. And I I found it all later. Like I didn't even know it happened until later. So that's what happens when they're six is like, Oh, like, you know, hours later I find this (laughs) diaper and I'm like, what happened? (laughs) And so then there's a trail left to clean up after after I find it. Yeah. Jack has done lots of lovely things like, and again, he was so happy about it. It was like, I'm, I'm doing something great. Like one time he put a bunch of plastic cupcakes in my real oven and turned it on. And so they, <laughs> you know, the fire alarm's going off and there's smoke and there's gooey ooze. Um, one time he flushed a bunch, like 10 washcloths down the toilet and it flooded the oh, whole bathroom. No. Yes. Um, you know, he's burned his hand. He's slashed his forehead open and had to have a ton of stitches. Yeah. Just all, all the stuff like that. He's pulled, oh um, do your kids pull, have they pulled, Hallie didn't do this, it was just Jack, but um, Jack has pulled several, multiple towel rods or toilet paper holders oh, yes. off yes. the wall, like out of the sheetrock, not just off oh, the yeah. wall. We've lost probably three, no, well, three total, like two uh, toilet paper holder rods and then one towel rod. <laughs> So, and there's still a hole in my bathroom that my my oldest always asks, when are you going to fix that? And I'm like, I don't know, sometime. We had that hole for One day, a while. Before we sell our house. Yeah. <laughs> One day, in 18 years. I know, and when you finally get it fixed up, then you won't want to move, because you're like, finally. Yes. That looks so nice. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> no, they, my triplets have done very similar things, um, but I think my... Uh, my levels of expectations have just dropped more and more when it comes to them. So yeah, um, I feel that they, way with only two children, and so I yeah. can only imagine. Well, two still, two still a lot. I was overwhelmed with one and two and three. I really was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was laughing, or I was thinking when you were talking about the the fights over the ketchup that you and your husband would have at, at first. Yeah. Now, did you say was that with two kids or one kid? With two, with two, we really because with one, I felt like. She was my little accessory, my little doll. I could take her wherever I wanted. And, you know, I could do it all. And I wanted to do it all. And then with two, I I realized, okay, I need help. I can't do all this. And I can't juggle. And and that was just very overwhelming for me. So in turn, it affected our marriage. And uh, we ended up meeting with a couple from our church just to kind of sift through those things and realize, okay, this is very normal. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, but, um, but I'm just, I'm very thankful that they would pour into us, you know, mm-hmm. and now when we, even when we went from, you know, three to six, I feel like we were maybe a little bit, well, not as well prepared as you could be yeah. to go from three to six. Yeah. So you, just you had been a mom and a through. dad for a while. So it wasn't, you had yes. never been a mom and a dad to triplets, but you, it wasn't yeah. all new. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I remember when um, we just had one. It was when Hallie was born. But I remember Derek was back at work, and it was one of those just hard days where, you know, yes. there was, I think, probably just spit up everywhere. And I hadn't, and I just remember I was waiting for him to come home um, because <laughs> it was just a hard day, and I wanted to shower. And I remember yes. he came home, and he kissed us both, and then he went out and started mowing the lawn. And the lawn, <laughs> and the grass was a You're mile like, high. How dare you? And I remember I was furious. I was so mad. We talked about it, and yes. he was like, "Oh!" And so we actually made a trade for a while where I mowed the grass. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yes, I, just like want, I just want to break. Yeah, just let me do it. <laughs> and you have her for just a little while, but. 
So, I think he probably loved that, but... Yeah. No, I, after the triplets were born, there was one day where I was, it was like that, just the hard day. And, um, and Corey came home from work, but he came home just to, just a little bit later. It wasn't late. It was just a little bit later. And, and I was like, Hey, how, how was your day? He was like, good. I just went to the gym to work out. And I was like, what? <laughs> you went to the gym to work out? And, uh, and like, I was so mad that he had like taken time to go work out <laughs> And, um, and I remember I probably gave him like a three point sermon on how God had called us to a higher level of selflessness. And like, and he's like, okay, cool your jets lady. Like I will, I will not work out if that's what you want. Hey, tired but, moms yes, can be desperate yeah. sometimes. Yes. Yes. You, uh, there, I'm just glad that he didn't like laugh at me and to my face. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so motherhood obviously can be messy. A lot of the time, there's a lot of mundane, like, let's just be honest. Um, yes. But it's yes. also some of the most beautiful and sacred work, really, that we could ever be called to in our whole life. So, so true. What, over the years, what, and as a mom of six, really, what have been some of your greatest struggles and mm-hmm. what have been some of your greatest joys? Well, I think that I could definitely go on and on about struggles. Um, I feel like motherhood is a conduit to humility and just allows us to continually see our need for, for God. But when we first had the triplets, I think, and really just when we first had children, even just, you know, one and two and three, um, they, I realized quickly how lonely it can be because you're, you're the only, well, we, I was the only adult at home. I would be there uh, with the kids, and I realized quickly, like, I have to have my time with the Lord, and I have to make time for, you know, for me with other adult women um, in order to know, like, okay, I am not, I'm not crazy, like, I'm not alone, and to actually speak out those struggles, because I think a lot of times it's very easy to, like, hide those things or not want to share them with people. Um, but I think honestly, the more real you are, the more freedom you have to just say, Hey, I am hurting. I'm, I feel alone. I feel like I'm not worthy. I feel like I mess up all the time. I raise my voice at my kids. And, um, and then as we had, you know, the triplets, I I just realized how quickly, like when the volume rises, um, it would just, it, that would make me feel almost anxious. Like, you know, just having to sort through, okay, it's okay if the, if this baby is crying or these babies are crying for a minute while I, you know, get dinner ready. Like, um, just having to, to realize my new normal was just going to be maybe a little louder than I had anticipated or, or wanted. And, and also I feel like with the reason, one of the reasons God gave me triplets is just to show me how I can't do it. Because I feel like if I had had one or two, I think it would have been very easy for me to pretend like, you know, I'm every woman. It's all in me. <laughs> like, I think I could have like just faked it and just done, like tried to do it on my own. And so I think since he gave me these babies, it's so evident every day that I can't handle my life. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and then a couple of years ago, we had um, a couple, I'll probably start crying, but we had a couple of children pass away in my family. And and that was so hard just to, to see those moms. And then I actually have a dear friend as well who lost her son during that time. So within about a year, three children that I knew and were close to passed away. And 
And so walking alongside those moms and um, just seeing what their life was like and seeing their heartache, that it really messed me up. And I felt like that I really had never struggled with anxiety or fear. Um, I don't know, just real almost at all. Like I felt almost like, oh, it's everything's going to be great. Like um, every, everything's going to be great. God's in control. I would just, I would say that almost as a blanket statement over everything. And he is in control, but I came quickly to learn that, you know, that life is hard and that, that this world is broken. And so as, as I walked with these moms and, um, and just dealt with my own grief after burying these children, um, and there, there's just something so wrong about, you know, a small casket and mm-hmm. having to, to bury those sweet babies. And, um, and so I felt like I really understood when people would come to church and say, you know, I deal with anxiety or I deal with fear. I could, I could identify with them because that, that was when that really started to well up in me. And I, like I even had to go to counseling just to really talk through, um, those things. And it was funny cause at church, I would always tell people when they would come up for prayer or, um, just want to meet with me when I won, they would say, you know, I deal with this and, and I would say, Oh, you know, you should go to counseling. I know like, I could even hand out people that I knew were good counselors, but I thought to myself, well, I thought, well, I don't need counseling. I can handle my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, so it took me about, um, almost a year before I finally went and really, you know, found this amazing Christian counselor at a church in our town. Um, and, um, I just felt that God just used her to help me just sift through these emotions and sift through, um, how I almost perceived these emotions affecting my life in the sense of, I was really dealing with fear of if one of my kids would say, I have a headache, I would automatically think we need to go to children's. You've got a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And I would just go down this really, and it sounds kind of silly, but it would, it was not in a healthy way. Like just, I would just go down the spiraling path of, you know, my child is going to die. You know, this is going to happen. And, um, and really with no reasoning, <laughs> no reasoning behind it. But, um, I felt like, but those God, are real, those are real fears. I mean, I, yes. I deal with those and have dealt with those in the past and, and still, you know, it's something that it's, it's tough. Like you said, life is hard and there are, there is yes. tragedy all around us. And as you were talking about losing, you know, some sweet babies in your family, I know, I know s- several women who have gone through the same heartache yes. or women who have dealt with infertility, you know, as we're talking about um, yes. all these blessings and, and um, I have several friends that have walked through this road and I would love to have them on sometime to talk about that side as well. Um, or, you know, someone who's had a miscarriage or, you know, there's all kinds of things that yes. we walk through and we, we really never know what someone's dealing with behind closed doors. Yes. Unless, yeah, unless you're real about it. And, and I think something that helped me was, um, in Hebrews where he talks about that he is our anchor and that he like his, because of Jesus, we have hope. And mm-hmm. so I just had to like memorize those scriptures. I had to memorize in Lamentations, um, three, it says 20, I think it starts in 22 because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. 
I will say, great is your faithfulness. And um, I, I feel like I had to speak that over, like just as I woke up in the morning, I would have to say that just in order to get out of the bed and kind of start the day. And um, one of my friends who lost her son, um, I heard she actually came to speak at our campus to our ladies and something she said that I will forever remember, just this woman who has walked through, in my eyes, the most the biggest heartache anyone could ever experience. And she said, you know, life is hard, but God is good. And so I thought someone who's walked through that heartache, who can still say that, you know, that has, that is true. That has to be true. Mm -hmm. And, um, and actually, um, when I found out we were having triplets, a dear friend of mine had had a miscarriage and, um, and I just, I was, just in knots about, about it. And, um, and it, it tore me up and it almost made me, um, just have a new eyes to see and see my children with, because, you know, when I'll walk now, now when we walk anywhere with, um, with everybody, we're kind of like a little sideshow because I come in with all my little ducklings and they're all following behind and people will always say, you've got your hands full. And, um, and I'll, I, I feel like I always need to respond with, you know, they're full of good things and I wouldn't trade it mm-hmm. because I want my kids to hear that, that, I, you know, even though we weren't planning on having six, <clears throat> I'm so thankful that we have six. As you've gone through this journey of being a mama, how have you seen God just be faithful through it all? Man, I mean, I think the fact that I'm still alive with six kids and who were so young and. I think that is a testimony to his faithfulness, um, by all means. <laughs> I'm so, still here. I mean, just, yeah, just I, for real, like I, there were days I just thought we cannot do this. Like this is an impossible task he's given us. And, but just being able to sit on my porch and watch my kids play. I mean, that is a testimony of his faithfulness. And, um, you know, even in heartache, I can see his faithfulness. It just even through the hard things, like I shared about um, the children in my family dying, like I can see his gospel has gone out. Um, lives have changed because of the way that those children live their lives and, um, and because of the way their families have carried themselves after that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I definitely, I mean, I'm just so thankful because I, I would have never put me with my husband as far as like, if I was a matchmaker, like I would have never put us together, but I, every day I just look at him and I am so thankful that God put us together. Cause you know, I, at first I just thought, well, I'll just date you for fun. But now I realize like he, he definitely, God has made us for each other. Cause he bounced, like he's, he gives us bounce with each other where, you know, we're all be super emotional. He will come in with a reason and be able to talk me off the cliff and, um, and anyway, I just, I, I don't think I can say enough, you know, how I see his faithfulness every day, just in the lives of my children, um, in our, in our church, just how he's upheld us in this season of mostly being at home, you know, mm-hmm. with, with little bitties crawling around. Mm-hmm. So do you think we tend to overcomplicate God's movement in our life? Definitely. Definitely. I think, um, I feel like it's when people say, you know, how do I hear the voice of God? I really feel like 
you know, we just, you just need to see where God's already working and join him there. And for right now, my season, God has called me to be at home and not to do too many things outside of the home, mostly because I can't handle, can't handle that much stuff. But, um, but that he, right now, the simplicity of being at home, playing out in the backyard, jumping on the trampoline with my daughters and, um, braiding hair, being able to play trucks with my sons. I feel like those are their gifts to me first and foremost. And then one day there'll be memories to my children. Um, so I, I feel like finding out where God is working and then joining him there. That's how you, you know, hear what he's doing for your, like your his plan for your life. I think you nailed it. Look around, whether, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a full-time working mom, whether you're part-time, whether you have yes. some kind of mishmash of the whole blend yes. thing. I think that we can all deal with loneliness. We can all deal with mommy guilt. We can all deal yeah. with inadequacy or comparison or, um, you know, yeah. but looking for God right where we are is key. Yeah. But I think we can tend to overcomplicate it. Like I think sometimes we look out at other people and think that God is moving in some kind of a, a glamorous way that yes. he's, and he's not moving that way in my life. Yes. Yes. And that's just false. I, this is, this is probably bad, but can I make a confession? Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> so I, I don't like the word prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean it. I love praying. I love um, uh-huh. just the intimacy that we can have just to mm-hmm. approach God and talk to him. But sometimes I think when, when we say the word prayer, it's like mm-hmm. walls go up or everyone gets intimidated or you picture <laughs> like this huge fancy church and a priest in, you know, ornate robes. And I think we overcomplicate it. Like, I think it's just talking, talking to him, just like we're talking right now or talking to our spouse or talking exactly. to our kids and just inviting him in and having a relationship with him and telling him, man, I'm struggling here or God, you know, asking him, to help us with things, just like we would help, we would ask a friend, just like we would ask yes. our spouse. Anyway, that's one of my. Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. It's one of my no, recent I pet totally peeves. I totally agree. I totally agree, and I feel like um, people almost want to make it like um, super spiritual, yes. where it's really just a relationship and mm-hmm. saying, "God," like when you're standing at the kitchen sink and you've just stepped on a dirty diaper that you forgot to throw away and you're like, Lord, I can't handle this. I can't do this. And just for him to speak into that and remind you that he's called you by name and he knows the calling that he has for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I mean, really, I feel like for me, I I think about when people post like a cute Instagram picture of like their Bible and their coffee and they're having this quiet time at a beautiful coffee shop on, you know, the ocean front or whatever. Um, in Greece. Yeah. In Greece. (laughs) And here I am like just cleaning up, cleaning up poop. I'm sorry. I talk about poop a lot because it happens in my house, but I'm cleaning up vomit, poop, and I am in hot springs, Arkansas. And, um, so really in the mornings when people, when say, they say, okay, you know, have your quiet time. And I do, I have to make time for it. But truthfully, my quiet time at this season is going to be about five to 10 minutes long. Like I'm going to get up before my kids. Um, we, we let our kids, (laughs) this sounds bad, but we tell them they have to stay in their rooms till seven. And so I get up at six 30 and I can like wash my face, brush my teeth, put on deodorant. And if I've done that, I feel like I'm totally ready. You're like winning. I could go, I could go to a ball. We have like, the same rule. Seven o'clock. Yes. Come out of your And room. so, yeah. 
And I love it because then I can go into my closet. I can kneel down for five or 10 minutes and just say, God, you know that I need you. Mm -hmm. I, I am so inadequate. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of times people want to make it, um, complicated, like what you said, like, instead of just, okay, this is, this is just me talking to you, telling Mm -hmm. you that I have to have you in my life today or I'm not going to be able to do this. Absolutely. And little spurts of prayer throughout mm-hmm. the day. And again, it sounds yes. so spiritual when I say spurts of prayer. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like I need to change my voice when I say it. But I, again, I think it's, you know, yes. <laughs> there have been times when I've shut my door to my bedroom and yes. and had a little fit and just said, God, I can't do this <laughs> or I need your help. Um, you know, there's times whenever we're just outside and there's, it's a beautiful day or, you know, maybe it's a pretty sunset or some beautiful flowers. Mm -hmm. And I just find my heart just going, God, thank you that you, you didn't even have to create all this. And yet you did. And I have this breath in my lungs that I can feel and these giggles around me, you know, that (laughs) sometimes screams, but that that is, that's a picture of your grace in itself. And so, yeah, I think everything is spiritual and so not, Mm -hmm. Not over, maybe that is over spiritualizing it, but just realizing that everything is from him. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, um, six kids, husband in ministry, very full life. How do you recharge? Well, and I feel like I had to learn this the hard way because, um, as I mentioned before, when those children in my family passed away and I went to counseling, the thing that pushed me to go to counseling was I was having a lot of like physical symptoms of stress, but like physical manifestations. Like I was having dizzy spells and I was, um, obviously having some anxiety. And, um, so I feel like I was not at a healthy place real, like even just taking care of, uh, it sounds so cliche, but like to take care of me, to take care of me, to Mm -hmm. do like, normal things. Like right. I, I wasn't working out. I would go to the gym and I would sit by the pool you would or sleep, sleep in the yoga room. I would sleep. So I, I really sleep like sen- had to kind of, too. yeah, exactly. Oh. And like at the time as well, I, um, another, like, it's kind of funny, but also shows you where I was. Um, I just kind of stopped eating and drinking, um, right after my cousin Molly passed away and, and it wasn't intentional. It was just, I was sad. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like, I just was, I was, I would feed it. I'd be like, okay guys here, you know, here are chicken nuggets. And I'd eat like half a chicken nugget. And, uh, when they went to bed, I'd go lay down. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, at, during that time though, although I wasn't drinking water, I was drinking sweet tea cause I love sweet tea. And, um, so one day, um, I'd had like seven glasses of sweet tea and nothing else. And I, so then I start shaking. I saw, uh-huh. I was dehydrated. I was dehydrated, but. And the caffeine. Yes. The whole thing. Yes. So I was just terrible life choices, but <laughs> I, um, so I, I, I went to the ER because, um, I had just had like a hernia repair. So they thought I had a blood clot cause those were my my heart was doing weird things. It was, I was having a lot of issues. And, um, then one of the nurses said, do you think you could be dehydrated? And I was like, no, I just had seven glasses of sweet tea. And she goes, well, that could do it. (laughs) So I'm not medical at all. So I have a lot of, uh, medical blunders, but so anyway, all that to say, I had to have a really radical shift in ways that I like unplug. And so I really was, I took it very seriously because that was a and serious drink water, episode. Apparently. Yeah. 
So I <laughs> drink water. Yes, definitely. Um, I, when I started, now I go to the gym and I work out, I don't work out hard, like maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you know, go it's do something, that. something, you know? Yeah. Something it's, by myself. Something is better than nothing. Yes. I, um, I have my, you know, my little, my little time in the morning and then I'm very, um, conscious about nap time. I take time to like, I'll read or I'll paint. Uh, sometimes I'll go play golf. This is rare, a rare occurrence because I have to have childcare for six children. Um, and then we are pretty religious about date night. We have a date night every week. And, um, Look at you and so every that's, week. we that's do now, great. you know, sometimes it's not as, sometimes it's more romantic than others. Sometimes it's like, Hey, let's go to Kroger and pick up a red box. Like, sure. Absolutely. So, but, no, but that's we, really good. We go do it together. So, um, and then I also love to take baths at the end of the day. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, that's like my little mom time. Mama's bath so, and, and I love to listen to like some worship music while I'm taking a bath. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so you said you like to read. What are some things that you've read or maybe watched or listened to, just whatever that yes. kind of inspires you well, or has encouraged you? Let me clarify. It sounds like I really have my decks together that I can sit and read. I don't actually sit and read. I listen to audiobooks. So what I'll do is I'm I'll, all about yes, Audible. I'll have Jay, my five-year-old who's still at home so I'll have all the triplets sleep in their beds for naps. And right now I'll have J.O. lay down with me. And so while he sleeps, I'll just put in my earbuds and listen to a book. So it's not like I'm actually be- being very studious and reading these things. But Audible um, totally counts. I count it. Yes, That's I do too. I do too. Reading by listening. Yeah. Um, something that I, that I read that I loved is Choosing to See by Mary Beth Chapman. Um, I actually did read that book. So I, I feel like I should get more points if I actually read it, <laughs> but, oh, totally. but that one I read and you I deserve a trophy. With, thank you. Will you give me, a, send me a few stickers in the mail. Sure, I will. But, um, I feel like that kind of changed my perspective. She talked about the heartache of losing their daughter. And, um, she also talked a lot about adoption and I felt like, um, I feel like not now, but maybe in years to come, I would, I would like to look into adoption. Um, so she just gave me a lot to think about. I've, I've also loved Kisses from Katie by Katie Davis. Um, I felt like that was a great, um, just help me to be thankful for what we, what I have. I know it sounds so trite, but just the amenities I, I have, like raising six children in America is mm-hmm. going, is so much easier than raising six children anywhere else. Man, her story and is so, so inspiring. I know. So and that, so, and I felt like if she can give up this, you know, what is mm-hmm. God calling me to give up for his namesake? So I love Steadfast Love by Lauren Chandler. It was just mm-hmm. a great reminder of, and I think she really spoke into me of, you know, how to trust God, even when hard things do happen, yeah. when she spoke about her husband mm-hmm. and, um, and even her trusting with God with his life and his health now. Um, that's good. That's, um, that book is actually sitting on my nightstand right now, but I have not read see? it yet. <laughs> well, get the audible. <laughs> well, I listened to the audible and she read it. So it was really oh, good. Oh, did she? Oh yeah. man. Well, I already have the book, the actual book. Okay. Well, you can, I'll let you read it then. I'll, I'll get, I'll send you stickers in the mail <laughs> for reading it. <laughs> so. Well, I'm going to have to go and get my son in just a second, but, um, I want you to just wrap up and just share, um, kind of a final, just 
word of advice, if you're in someone's messy living room, which you kind of probably are right now, uh, someone's <laughs> listening to this, or if there's something that God's showing you that you just want to share, just give us a final word. Okay. Um, I feel like, first of all, it's okay to have a mess. I always have a mess in my house and, and I've just, I've come to realize that that's just how it's going to be for a while. And I know that one day I'm going to really long for the mess when my house is clean and quiet. And so I want to enjoy it now. And, um, I I feel like you kind of hit on this earlier, but don't compare yourself to others. Highlight real, you know, that know that God has called you to be the best you that you can be. Cause even, even with me, I, I have to limit my time on social media and limit what I do on there because I can so quickly be like, wow, this whole family is at Disney World or this whole family is on a European vacation or this woman is speaking to this crowd of people and this woman is doing this for mm-hmm. you know this group of people and knowing that God, at this season, God has called me to minister to my family and to focus and to enjoy it because um, I'll never have this time again. And something, the verses that have been just going over and over in my heart is um, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And um, I feel like I have been in the last couple of years, been in a wasteland of of just busyness. And, And it's busyness that has to be done in order to diaper everyone and feed everyone but um, I, I'm I'm asking God this year to just make this a year of refreshing, and and so I feel like He's called He's called us to look to Him to be that Redeemer, to be that one who's doing something new. And I think it's easy for me to get to dwell on what has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And when I am dwelling on the past, I'm usually dwelling about something something bad and not what God has already done. So I have to sit down and intentionally write out what I'm thankful for and what he has, what he's already accomplished so that I know that moving forward, he will make streams in a wasteland. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that you say not to call you (laughs) super mom. You told me that that was off limits, Um, but you are a woman that I think just a real woman that we see running your race well and striving to depend on his grace and It's just a privilege to get to hear from you and learn from you today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jen. Thank you for carving out some of your precious nap time to be here. I know that that's a (laughs) sacrifice, so. (laughs) I'm happy to do it. Real quick, something we didn't get to. Tanner said she paints, but she actually paints, like for real paints. She has an Etsy shop called Neon Southern Lady, and I will be sure to add that link to the conversation notes on this episode's post, and you will want to check that out. Well, today was so fun. Thank you, thank you to everyone who joined us today as you were driving or running errands or doing some paperwork or maybe you went for a run. We hope it encourages you wherever you are in your everyday real life at your very own messy table. If you're interested, you can find more of these episodes with other phenomenal women really two ways. Both are free. You can subscribe on gingel.com where you'll get any new blog post or podcast delivered straight to your inbox. Or you can also subscribe to the Messy Table podcast in iTunes. And as always, feel free to share on social media or with whoever could use some inspiration. I hope you have a great Mother's Day weekend and remember to celebrate all the mamas in your life.